Welcome to Laugh It Up Fuzzball. I am Joe the Wookie Riot. Welcome to the podcast where we talk about life, the universe, and everything, but mostly geek stuff. A place where we get to let our geek flag fly and talk about all things geek. As I've said before, this isn't an amalgamation of geek news or a comprehensive guide to all genres or the world of geekdom. Hopefully it's just a fun place to cover some geek news, comics, The Simpsons, Star Wars, and whatever randomness finds its way on in the recording. But let us get started. Well, hey, hey, friends. Welcome to level 177 of Laugh It Up Fuzzballs. I, I like the number. Of course, whenever I think of 77, I think of Star Wars. So, hey, a Star Wars podcast making it to a 100 plus 77, marking the year of when an epic space fantasy started. And 42 years later, I know that because how everybody pointed out how the festival, which I think of as Star Wars Burning Man on Pasana, happens every 42 years saying it was a very end joke and i guess i I guess it was but hey welcome howdy i'll just say first and foremost the the wookie's sick Uh, i thought i was getting sick last episode and a week later god i'm still sick so if i sound whatever hopefully there won't be a bunch of sneezes and coughs if there are maybe i'll edit them out danny time will tell as you listen but (laughs) fair warning sorry wookie's a little under the weather but i'm gonna do my best just to just to catch up on another solo episode and like we do we're gonna start off with the fantabulous fuzzballs focus Uh, of course i just i throw danny at the at the beginning of it for now just because he is our official news correspondent he posts a lot and i guess we'll just start on a little bit of a down note danny posted a rest in peace a rest in power for terry jones he of monty python one of six two of them have passed on him and mr chapman and there's there's four more left but thankfully very very funny men in the world funny men who play funny women (laughs) but mr jones mr jones and me sorry sorry that's a 90s kid in me but uh responsible for a lot of funny and whenever whenever he crossed us he was just a big guy so terrifying women (laughs) but of course also known for directing with uh mr gilliam uh monty python and the holy grail as well as uh the meaning of life those are 1975 and 1983, respectfully. He actually was a sole director on Life of Brian, which was 1979, uh, which was the most uh, financially successful of all the Monty Python films, but they're all so incredibly good. Life of Brian just is, is incredibly funny because of uh, its satire of religion. Uh, but but Terry Jones wrote uh, books for adults. He wrote children's books. He did direct other stuff, including Eric the Viking, uh, apparently was an authority on Jeffrey Chaucer, uh, and also just people say just a really really smart man, an authority on lots of stuff. Uh, but the Chaucer stuff makes sense since he did study the English classics at Oxford University, so he got a hoity-toity education too. Although if you look at the uh, credentials of all the Python guys, all really really incredibly smart people. It doesn't mean you have to be smart to be funny, but it certainly helps. Um, but yeah, rest in power, Terry Jones. It's just sad, but that's just a fact of life. You keep living and, and other people keep dying. But uh, I actually saw on Facebook a really funny, uh, well, not funny, but a poignant little post with uh, Charlie Brown and Snoopy where Charlie Brown's like, you know, you only live once. And Snoopy's like, no, you only die once. You live every day. And, and you do. We live every day. And uh, while it is important to remember the people that have gone before us, it's also important to live your own life. And, and carry on. That's your uh, empowering moment, courtesy of the peanuts from the Wookiee for today. You know, it's sort of interesting because I was uh, thinking about the RIPs and I was like just sort of going back like different ones that I've gone over over the years. And I realized, E, there's a rest in peace that I never did. And we're talking like never did as in the person died June 2018 and I wrote up an entire like obituary thing to talk about him and it got buried in my show notes way way down in a segment that I haven't done in a a very very long time uh, if you if you've been listening to the podcast for a while you may remember there was a point where I had Wookiee's Brave New Worlds which was my sci-fi dystopia corner uh, a segment that I was gonna do more regularly and didn't and I actually put all of these notes for this individual underneath that but because it's at the very very bottom of my show notes and just the way the format of the show has evolved and changed over time it got buried and I feel awful 
So I'm going to do it now. If I'm giving respect to Terry Jones, I'm going to give a rest in power to Harlan Ellison, who left in June 2018. Yes, I feel really bad like a year and a half ago. But uh, Harlan Ellison was known for fiction works, definitely known for his argumentative personality. Uh, man, he published so much, like 1,700 short stories, novellas, screenplays, comic book scripts, teleplays, essays, a wide range of criticism. He criticized literature, film, television, print media, criticized so much. Danny the Deuce, you're like, oh, my spirit animal, Harlan Ellison. But some of his best-known works include a Star Trek episode, The City on the Edge of Forever, which everybody loves. Um, he also sold scripts to The Outer Limits, The Man from Uncle, The Alfred Hitchcock Hour, and so much more. Uh, there's some really good stuff that you can read. Uh, Repent Harlequin said The TikTok Man. You can read I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. Uh, Jeff D. is five. The Man Who Rode Christopher Columbus Ashore. Uh, in his life, he won eight Hugo Awards, four Nebulas, five Bram Stoker Awards, and he was even nominated for a Grammy for Spoken Word. And keeping with my brand, uh, he played himself in the Simpsons episode Married to the Blob, which was season 35, uh, or season 25, I believe, episode 10. Uh, or was it season 35? Oh, I, man, now I'm going to have to like go on the interwebs and look it up because I want to make sure because it's actually a really, really good episode. Let's see. Beep, 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 the hold music while I type in the interwebs. Boop, 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 boop. Boop, boop, boop. Season 25, it was a typo on my part. Season 25, episode 10. Uh, he angrily shook a millhouse dressed as Fallout Boy while in line at the Android's Dungeon uh, for the release of the new Radioactive Man number one. And he played himself, and it's lovely. And uh, that's also a very good episode because it brings you Kamiko, and it's a comic book guy centric episode and includes uh, a shout out to, uh, to, to very much good stuff. But specifically to Studio Ghibli, uh, they, it's just a really amazing, um, just like segment, and it's just so incredible. And uh, if you if you like the Studio Ghibli stuff, you uh, you certainly will like uh, this. <laughs> well, I guess maybe you'll be mad because the Simpsons are they're not satire in it. They're just giving a giving credit to it but you know it's just really really good stuff and Hayao Miyazaki uh man if you haven't watched Studio Ghibli films you should you should Totoro and Howl and and swept or swept away oh now blown away (laughs) flown away uh now people that like Studio Ghibli like okay you don't know nothing and and you're right sometimes sometimes my brain's gone but uh Ponyo and uh, Spirited Away. There you go. I had to had to look it up. <laughs> but uh, definitely Hayao Miyazaki. So many so many good films. And that's uh, Rest in Peace, Harlan Ellison. Finally getting around to it a year and a half later. So now I can delete the notes and not, not feel as bad for myself. Ugh. Yes. Speaking of RIPs, Danny also posted the news, or potential RIPs, I should say. He posted the news of Disney Plus's Obi-Wan series being placed on hold indefinitely. Um, if you actually go to the article that Danny put up, there's actually an update based on uh, an interview with Ewan McGregor saying Ewan said he read 90% of the scripts. They're all great. And then it's just pushed back from fall 2020 to starting filming January 2021. Hopefully that's all true for this show, which will be directed by Deborah Chow. Uh, and is set about eight years after Revenge of the Sith and is a uh, old man or or older man Obi-Wan on Tatooine and uh, we, we shall see I'm definitely take your time if it means it's going to be a better show I agree with Joseph I agree with Danny yeah we want it to be good and it's Obi-Wan it's my main, main man Obi-Wan my bae Ewan McGregor it needs to be good so that's fine. They they could take their time, and that doesn't mean that Star Wars is disintegrating or Kathleen Kennedy is ruining everything. It just means they're taking their time, and allow them to. You know what I mean? Wow, the mouse Disney giving them time to do the things. Very very nice. Danny also posted the newest Star Wars: The Clone Wars trailer, which gave the release date for the series is February twenty first on Disney Plus. And frack, watch the trailer. The trailer is good. So incredibly good uh just because if you saw it on the laughing up fuzzballs page you saw darth maul's eyes so we're gonna get the siege of mandalore and we're gonna get darth maul and we're gonna get more for ahsoka tano and we're of course you know this is anakin bordering closer on the dark side 
to where it ultimately makes sense where he joins Palpatine and becomes Darth Vader. Uh, we're going to get more for Obi-Wan. There's going to be stuff for the clones. And uh, it just it looks wonderful. The animation looks great. Uh, they're still sticking to that Clone War style, but you can just tell it's a little bit cleaner. The technology is improved. And I, I can't can't wait to, to finish this up. It looks so, so incredible. And you can watch that trailer online or on the Laugh It Up Fuzzballs plug, plug, plug Facebook page. Which, uh, speaking of, I don't even, if I even mention it, the Fantabulous Fuzzballs Focus is where I go to the Laugh It Up Fuzzballs page and I just talk about like news other people posted. Because I realize not everybody's on there. You may be listening from somewhere else. You may be like, I don't do the Book of Faces. I don't. That's fine. If that's not your thing, I'm not going to force you to do it. And then I'll just uh, share the news. And plus, this is also just a really nice way where I don't have to dig for news after news after news. I can let the community bring up the stuff to talk about. And it works out really well. Danny also posted Altered Carbon, the second season on Netflix, February 27th, a mere six days after Clone Wars is going to release, with Anthony Mackie playing the main character. Oh my goodness, this... I, I... I really like Anthony Mackie. Uh, I think his Falcon is great, and I think he's a, a very, very good actor. And and just I I, I enjoy. I mean, Altered Carbon is a a very a very very interesting series because it's it's the entire premise that you know people can can live on uh, through through their spirit or essence being put in another body. So you get you get people acting as a certain character in a different thing. So you get, you know, men and women's bodies and 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 vice versa. And of course, you know, the the original original uh, protagonist, if you will, is an Asian man, but in the very first season, you get to see both him as like who he really is and then also as as the the, the white body that he gets in as he investigates a murder for these people in power because it's an entire like class struggle thing going on. Then the name of the character is Takeshi Kovach, and now Anthony Mackie is going to be playing the new sleeve for Kovach, and it's it's gonna gonna be interesting. I mean, uh, I think it was Joel Kinnaman who played Takashi uh, Kovach in the first one, and he was he was incredible as well but i just i think this entire idea of souls being harnessed to different bodies and the class struggle and then the investigation and then there's also an entire like you know revolution revolutionary uh, uh plot that was going to to change the power structure and you know what what happens when the rich get richer and the poor get poorer and what does it mean when people can can be in clone sleeves and uh, Altered Carbon Season 1 was just amazing. It made my made my top 5, top 10 of that year when it came out. And uh, I love dystopian sci-fi. Wookiee's Brave New Worlds, if you will. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the second season. Uh, when it was done, I was like, I hope it gets a second season. And then they took their time. And now we're going to be getting this second season of the show. And I'm, I'm terribly excited for it. Uh, what else? Danny also posted, Disney Channel apparently has given a, a contingent pilot to the Ultraviolet and Blue Demon show as described as a superhero coming-of-age luchador action comedy, which I don't even know what that means, but I'm interested by it. It's being written and executive produced by the Detective Pikachu writers, and it follows a 13-year-old girl named Violet who gets superpowers from a luchador mask, which chooses her, and then, of course, uh, she comes from, from a long line of superpowered luchadors, uh, including Blue Demon, and there is an actual luchador named Blue Demon who is involved in the entire process. And basically, Disney has said, if you can get the cast, you can get the pilot. So they got to find that that Violet, that girl, and uh, find. I, I literally, when I thought of it, I was like, they need to find another Daphne Keen because she was so good as X twenty three in Logan. So they just, I mean, uh, she's out there. the The character is out there, and hopefully. They find that. Uh, in other news, Danny posted uh, a planet with binary stars was found by a 70-year-old NASA intern on his third day of work. Wow. I bet you that made the, the NASA scientists with tenure and all that be like, well, hot damn. Uh, the name of the planet is TOI-1338B. 
Uh, other binary star systems have been found for the record, uh, but this particular one, uh, 1300 light years away in a constellation called Pictor, uh, it is a hot and hospital planet that might not even be solid. So put away your dreams of Crate Dragons and Tusken Raiders and Jawas and Farm Boys uh, following old hermits to uh, save the galaxy and bring balance to the Force. But uh, yeah, there there are other planets, although having the two stars doesn't doesn't actually lead to like the possibility of life. There is a a reason why here on Earth we are okay living in a Goldilocks zone away from our own star aka the sun uh but yeah it's cool it's cool i think uh i think it's neat and uh they should just call the planet tattooing but you know if it's not the first one they found good good chance that the other ones are called tattooing we shall see uh moving away from danny news my buddy ryan he can always be trusted for a good harry potter joke and uh his nokia cell phone one did not disappoint yeah <laughs> it's it's good I thought, I thought it was incredible. And uh, just a, a shout out to Ryan, if you're like, you don't know that name. He is co-host with his wife, Katrina, on the Carry On Couple podcast, who is a sponsor of Laugh It Up Fuzzball. They give me shout outs. I give them shout outs. I forgot to do it at the top of the show, but I knew I'd get to it when I had Ryan's name there. So uh, if you like vacationing, if you like hearing people's travel stories, you will like the Carry On Couple podcast available on all the same places you can find Laugh It Up Fuzzball. And uh, it's a it's a good good travel podcast that I'm caught up with, and I enjoy the heck out of their two banter's. You know, sometimes you think like, oh, it's a husband and wife doing a podcast, like might might be interesting. But they're they they they're just so cute. <laughs> they're incredibly wonderful, and uh, they they do vacation a lot together. When you're friends with them, like I am, you're like, where you went? Where now? You've been to Buffalo and Canada and New Zealand and China and Hong Kong and 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 that everywhere singapore and france and they go all these places and it's just because they're dedicated to that vacation life and uh they they will give you the tips to to become a vacationing life experiencing traveler adventurer of your own and if you start listening to their podcast you get to be part of their carry-on club and it's cute and it's a wonderful podcast and i enjoy it and it's it's unique i don't think uh sure there's other travel podcasts out there but none as superior as a carry-on couple podcast and as a bonus if you if you like laughing up fuzzball you know that ryan is a big harry potter nerd (laughs) he also is a big disney nerd and uh, he does find ways to uh to add those things i've been on their podcast i talked all about galaxy's edge with them back uh back when that first came out so there you go uh ryan also shared info for uh Potter fan fiction about Nicholas Flamel. You can find that information. Uh, I actually I didn't I didn't look up all the details because I was like I'm not. God, I have to read so much, oh, so many books for grad school. Grad school started this week, even though I thought it was going to start next week. Not fair, life. Not fair. But uh, he he posted uh, details about whatever the fan fiction was. Let's see. Uh, the, the alchemist, the magician, the sorceress, the necromancer, the warlock, the enchantress. So those are the titles of the different books that are in the image. And uh, and he says he started reading it, and it's good so far. So if you like Harry Potter and you're jonesing for more, uh, more words to read, check it out. It might be very interesting for you. Uh, my buddy Brian posted a funny, funny image pointing out that both rappers and Pokemon yell their own names. <laughs> that was good. I enjoy it. I don't know if Brian listens to the podcast, but uh, it, I mean, I, I guess I can say it out here. Brian is actually the other father figure for two of my kids. He's a, a wonderful human being, also also a big geek, and he is uh, he is interested in me in some comic stuff. Uh, hopefully, I've, I've been able to share some other stuff for him, too. Really good human being. And uh, thanks for posting something funny, buddy. Uh, Joseph posted the Guns Akimbo trailer, which <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe, uh, it, in in a idea of real life video games in a way. Uh, this is from Saban Films, so they're not doing Power Ranger movies. They're just doing wild, kooky, uh, crazy action films starring Daniel Radcliffe, who's just determined to play some of the weirdest stuff in the world. Uh, he's like, yeah, I would love to play the, the main character of Joe Hill's horns. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to play a farting corpse in Swiss Army Man. And now there's a rumor of him even considering being considered for uh, Moon Knight. 
Uh, yeah, but this, I, I think, I, it, while I watched the trailer, they literally had some reviews from people, and one person described it as a double-barreled beast of adrenaline chaos, and I think uh, that is a very good description for the trailer, but uh, check it out, it's it's wild. Uh, Joseph also did post the trailer for uh, Penny Dreadful, City of Angels, which comes out April 26th, and uh, man, that looks, that looks really freaking good. Uh, it, it, it's, yeah, I, I'm like, yes, please, you know, old LA, uh, Mexican folklore and, and all of, all of the goodness that, that comes from, from all of that. It, it, I, I loved the Penny Dreadful show, the first one that did the, you know, the Frankenstein and the Dracula and all that. And now, why not keep going, but bring it up, bring it into some L.A. Uh, American supernatural roots. And, I mean, Natalie Dormer, she's just amazing. And uh, and there's there's more actors that are going to be in it. I saw Nathan Lane, and Nathan Lane looked like he was playing a straight man. And I don't literally mean because Nathan Lane is, is LGBTQ, but literally playing, like, old, old-timey detective, like, like you know not playing the wild kooky one which was very interesting uh piper parabo is going to be in this rory kinnear uh and a bunch of others it just looks really really good and uh it hit my fancy and that comes out april 26th so really soon i'm gonna be on showtime which i don't actually subscribe to so chances are i'm not gonna get a chance to watch it until it's available somewhere else or i find a way to watch it but uh it looks really, really good. Might be worth a, uh, a free trial of Showtime once all the episodes are out, and then you can just cancel it if that's what you want to do. Uh, Joseph also posted the cast for the MODOK animated series. Uh, not a lot of names that I know, but Patton Oswalt I definitely know. Amy Garcia, Ben Schwartz, Melissa Fumero, who I think is from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, Wendy McClendon-Covey, Beck Bennett, John Daly, Sam Richardson. I, I just think I'm interested... A, they're doing it animated so they can do some wild stuff. B, the concept of Modoc with a family experiencing a middle life or a midlife crisis is just interesting, and also just a big smile for the super adaptoid being in the show. I think that's actually who John Daly is playing. Uh, it, it sounds really interesting. It's going to be on Hulu, uh, but this is this is Marvel TV continuing on. My buddy Jack uh, shared a tweet from Chuck Wendig. So Chuck Wendig is is an author and just a, a very interesting person. He's very good with words. But I'm just going to quote the the tweet that Jack shared. He said, "Thank you, uh, thank you, Chuck Wendig." But here's what Chuck Wendig tweeted: Tuesday, the day you realize that nothing can stop you because you are a magic skeleton packed with meat and animated with electricity and imagination. You have a cave in your face full of sharp bones and five tentacles at the end of each arm. You can do anything, magic skeleton. And I can tell you, I follow Chuck Wendig on Twitter. His tweets are often sources of joy for me, so I would recommend a follow for him. Also, I still think that his Aftermath trilogy and the Star Wars uh, canon of books is worth checking out. Uh, yeah, and uh, there you go. I agree, Jack. Chuck Wendig is uh, is a fun, fun human being. Uh, I guess that just moves to me posting a couple of news in Laugh It Up Fuzzballs, the Facebook group plug 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 <laughs> but uh, I, the first thing to talk about is i posted this article about what the changes to marvel tv mean and this writer basically lamenting just like everything going down you know how it's not going to be multiple studios doing different marvel stuff you know fx had legion which was so freaking good um there was uh the runaways on hulu cloak and dagger was on freeform uh there was the the x-men show which I can't think of the name of it, on Fox. Of course, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC. Then there was all of the Netflix stuff. Three seasons of Daredevil, three seasons of Jessica Jones, two seasons of Luke Cage, two, well, one and a half atrocious seasons of, of Iron Fist. Of course, they had a Defenders uh, crossover show. Uh, there was there was a lot of really good stuff, and there was an Inhuman show, which, which is best forgotten. I think that was Fox that did that. But uh, they, they had different avenues to do different things. Uh, some of them were really, really dark. Some of them were really poignant. You know, they, they dealt with sex trafficking on Cloak and Dagger. Uh, they dealt with abuse on Jessica Jones. They dealt with disability. 
and uh, faith in Daredevil. They dealt with race and privilege and class on uh, Luke Luke Cage. Uh, they, they, they found a way to discuss different social messages. And I think what this writer fears is that now everything's going to be tied in the MCU. That the shows won't be brave anymore. And I, I, I don't know. I think it's too soon to tell. I do think uh, being owned by Disney does does add a certain, you know, they have stockholders and viewers and a certain uh, aesthetic that they want to keep. But I don't know that that means that they, they can't do brave storytelling, but they might find a way to do it where it stays PG, where it stays accessible. And I don't know necessarily that, that good, poignant social messages are a bad thing when they're accessible to everybody. Because one of the problems when you can only do like, you know, real things that mean real, real messages. I think it's like all the, all the people that defend the Joker movie and what it, what it says about uh, mental illness in society. If it, if it's R-rated, that means it's not accessible to everybody. Some people will not go to those things. If you, if you keep it lower rated, it might reach a larger audience. And uh, I, I still have faith. I think, I think the, the Marvel universe being more cohesive <clears throat> and the shows being more tied into the movies is a very interesting thing that that really has not been done at least to this level and and i think they you we might actually be surprised i think the the falcon and winter soldier show is going to deal with race and privilege and uh i think it might surprise people who knows what wandavision is going to be and uh time's just going to tell how it all shakes out but uh you know if they were if they're brave if freeform and abc like freeform is still definitely a disney Disney Channel of sorts, you know, tied into ABC, and on that, on Cloak and Dagger, they did the the whole sex trafficking and violence and 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 class and race. So let's let's not just you know wash our hands of it and say it's it's not going to be good. We can lament all of the old shows that we don't have anymore. It, it's sad, but uh, that's that's just the nature of television. That is the nature of business, and it, it is what it is. You can read the article thought it was a good read uh, and develop your own thoughts and I'd love to see your own thoughts there on the Laugh It Fuzzballs page. Danny posted and uh, I'd love to see everybody. Moving away from something serious and heady, I also posted The Metachlorian, a drawing by my friend Roman Campos, uh, inspired by Papa Lucas, uh, an image I saw of him holding Baby Yoda, and then a commenter joking about the creator trying to make a nursery rhyme uh, rhyme with the word Metachlorian, and that's when all of a sudden my brain started firing. I was like, The Mandalorian? The Metachlorian? If we go back to episode one, uh, you know... Anakin gets his blood tested, and I know people don't like midichlorians because they don't like science explaining the Force, and I don't know that I necessarily do either, but uh, Anakin's midichlorian levels rival even that of Master Yoda, and it's Baby Yoda, so it just, like, my brain was like a firestorm of the midichlorian with an image of Baby Yoda, and I did ask my buddy Kyle if he'd be able to do it, and uh, he seemed more keen on doing a uh, an original Baby Yoda shirt, which uh, may be coming out from, from his stuff on his... Uh, skippertainment but then uh, i mentioned it to my buddy roman who's an artist and he did it overnight <laughs> it's amazing and i want to make it into a t-shirt uh and and to be continued it's it's pretty lovely and then i, I did post uh, an image you know if you did not see it all over the twitter or the social media of baby jabba it's this artist named leonardo vt i think it's leo vd art on instagram but uh, he he did a, a 3D rendering of what he thought a baby hut would look like. To which, of course, I said, "That's not what baby huts look like. Baby huts look like stinky." Come on, didn't you see that? Clo- didn't you see that Clone Wars movie? <laughs> and so I, I did a little for sale Instagram thing showing two pictures of uh, of Stinky the Hut who is not cute baby huts are not cute i don't i don't care what people think and uh it really a lot of people feel very very passionately about rada the hut or pundinky muffkin <laughs> punky muffkin if you want to translate it from hut uh but he was in the original clone wars movie which almost made the Clone Wars not a thing, because people despise that movie. I don't think it's that bad. I also don't think it's that good. Uh, if you're in your chronological watching of Clone Wars, I think you watch like two or three episodes, then you watch the movie, and then you watch all the good stuff. <laughs> but uh, the entire plot of that that movie followed Jabba the Hutt's son, and uh, not cute at all. Huts, huts are gross. 
and uh, I don't I don't care how cute you 3D render an image. That's not what baby huts look like. And uh, sorry about that. Baby Yoda is superior to Baby Jabba because Rada the Hut is not cute. He is stinky. Just ask Ahsoka Tano. <laughs> I've spoken. I've said my piece. Uh, but we're going to move away from the Fantabulous Fuzzballs focus and just uh, some other news that the Wooks found. Uh, Let the Wookie win. This is where I talk Star Wars. If you didn't see, Giancarlo Esposito has been talking all about The Mandalorian Season 2, talking about Baby Yoda. Uh, and and now folks are talking about, based on his comments, Baby Yoda as the goal of an Imperial Moth looking to use him to unlock potential in humans to set the universe in order. Um, I just like Esposito talking about how much his daughters love the adorable Muppet and him replying in a text, I will squash that little bigard bastard, and then saying, of course, he's joking. <laughs> but he also does describe the actual, the child, the the Muppet that, that he interacted with as spellbinding. Uh, that that he, it just has a power of its own because of what it's capable of. But the long and short is just Giancarlo Esposito having the time of his life playing a villain, which any fans of Breaking Bad know that he's very good at. Uh, he's also said that Moff Gideon is a great leader and scientist. Wow, very interesting that he used that word scientist leads into the entire like unlocking the potential through uh, through the child. Um, Gideon does know a lot about the protagonist, as we've learned from the Mandalorians. So uh, we we shall see what he's connected to, what he knows. We know he's connected somehow to things in Mandalore, especially one big thing that I'm not going to spoil. But I'm I'm excited for the story of the Mandalorian, including its titular villain, to continue. Esposito does promise we're going to learn more about his character goals of power and control, and I am here for it. Uh, Baby Yoda. He is spellbinding. He has taken the world by storm, and in case you missed it, by taking the world on storm, there is there is merchandise available everywhere. And now Disney has has gone after some people making merchandise featuring the child, featuring Baby Yoda, specifically on Etsy. Uh, they 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 don't want it. They they want all the money. They don't want other people doing unlicensed stuff. And uh, I mean, once you get the eyes of the mouse on you, not important. Hopefully, anybody who sold the stuff uh, gets to keep the revenue. I'm not sure how that all works. I mean, this this is a thing because literally, there was a uh, Baby Yoda shirt that I was looking at for a while. And then when I when I was typing these notes, I was like, I should check on that. And I looked, and it is not available anymore. And uh, I'm lamenting that I didn't purchase it, but then I found it in a different place, so it's it's currently on its way to me because I'm like, oh, now now I got to spend the money because otherwise it's not gonna exist. It actually is that image that my buddy Jerry posted of a uh, baby Yoda in Mandalorian armor, and it says this is the way, and it's it's on its way to me, and I'm excited. But uh, if there was any of that baby Yoda like non Disney stuff that you wanted to purchase, you may want to just pull the trigger on purchasing it before it's not available anymore just saying uh but what what you can get yourself is uh danny had posted about a a baby yoda drink at uh trader sam's cantina which is the uh jungle cruise tiki adventureland themed bar at the disneyland hotel so you live if you live close to anaheim uh, downtown disney go to the disneyland hotel you can go to trader sam's and you can get a baby yoda drink uh, I actually may just post the image of it because I, th- I think you could probably find a way to make it yourself. Uh, it doesn't doesn't look incredibly hard, but uh, at, uh, it 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 looks cool. <laughs> it looks really really cool. They found they found a neat way neat way to do it. And uh, actually, I'm just you know this is just a a little subtle plug for at Wookie Riot. Uh, at sign W O O K I E E R I O T um it's my instagram that's my twitter and if you if you go to my instagram i'm actually going to post the picture of uh, the baby yoda drink so you can take a look at it so there you go uh, <laughs> you can you can uh you can uh you can look at it there it's super cute it's super cute it's a baby Yoda drink, although it could just be a Yoda drink if you really look at it. But uh, uh, clever, clever bartenders finding a way to do it, and it, it does exist. And uh, 
props to to my acquaintance Lauren for getting the drink and posting the picture, which I stole. Uh, speaking of Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian and all that, you may have seen a leaked cast list for the second season. Let me just start off saying that none of this is official. And before we go crazy looking forward to Sabine Wren and Ahsoka Tano, Harrison Dula, Shriv, Aiden Versio, Mon Mothma, Bosk, Dengar, and more, let's temper our expectations and just hope for more of the goodness from season one that we got being in season two. Uh, I, I also just sort of hope, uh, while it's nice to see that list of like old characters that are familiar to me, you know, some of them from from the movies, some of them from video games, uh, the television shows, I, I, I would like new characters. I like that we really met a whole bunch of new characters in the galaxy. The galaxy is bigger than just the people that we already know about. Uh, it doesn't always have to be fan service or classics or favorites. Uh, I, I, but that being said, I was stoked to see Bosk's name on the list, and I'm a hypocrite because I was like, oh, that could be really cool. But then I see Simon Pegg as Dengar, and I'm like, no, I, I'm raised more than one eyebrow in disapproval. He got to play Unkar Plutt. Uh, he doesn't have to. Maybe he's just doing the voice of, of Dengar. I don't, but then why can't you just find an actor? I don't. Anywho, uh, I, I, I think it's. The list, oh yeah, I saw it and I was like, that would be pretty freaking cool. But I, I hope that they they still stick to the formula that they have with the, the, the new characters and, and broadening this galaxy. Uh, I think it is very, very interesting that actress Janina Gavankar uh, was asked, about a, asked by a fan if that cast list was true. And she said, you're going to have to ask Filoni. Uh, she did play Iden Versio on ba- the Battlefront 2 video game. They did model the character after her. So so who knows what Favreau, Filoni, and the gang have planned. Uh, I, I would like some Bosk. More Trandoshans, please, Johnny Favs. And yes, I would be very, very excited to see Chelly Afra make an appearance in an episode of The Mandalorian. I would. I would. For sure. For sure. Uh, and I, I think some of Mon Mothma seems like a natural natural fit since uh it really does seem like at some point we're gonna have to see what the new the new uh republic looks like uh especially with the one episode the one episode that sort of seemed like an outlier uh how how does that all play into are we gonna see that gang again and uh, i think there could be really cool stuff to be had uh and it's interesting you know i like i like fan casting i like when people say that i like to fan cast myself but uh we shall see. You can look up those lists online if you want more. If you want to see the actors attached, it's out there to look at. Uh, but but I'm going to just say temper because it's not official. This did not come from official Disney sources. Uh, there was also some concept art of a creepy alien uh, from the Art of the Star Wars. <laughs> art of Star Wars. Art of the Star Wars. It's the Art of Star Wars book for the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, this creepy alien uh, has led to some speculation about Trevorrow's Sith villain Torvalum. Uh, we don't know that that's Torvalum. We do know that it is concept art. Uh, it is a weird spider slash octopod looking beastie. Um, and uh, it, it looks cool, but they decided not to put it in there. It could be. It could be, um, you know, this character called the Oracle from an early draft of J.J. Abrams, which would have been a character or a creature on Mustafar that Kylo Ren interacted with. It could be the proposed Big Bad. We do know that Colin Trevorrow's concept had, has become reality. The, the First Order ship that is at Galaxy's Edge is straight from uh, some of the designs for, for Trevorrow's script. But you can, you can go online. There's a whole bunch of concept art. That, that has been leaked quite recently. I even posted up an image of a chained uh, Chewbacca on my Instagram with Kylo Ren that I was like, oh, that would have been a cool scene. I saw a whole bunch today. Uh, yeah, there's uh, there's Luke grabbing a lightsaber and then double-bladed lightsaber Ren and then other planets and Coruscant. And, the, and there's a bunch of concept art you can find online that looks really, really cool. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, it didn't happen. And the movie we got is the movie that we got. So uh, dream all you want away in dreamland, but live in reality, friends. <laughs> so so much advice from the Wookiee on one day. Uh, 
living is a dangerous business podcast friends uh, you need to you know, to temper your yeah, expectations and and i think the baby is sleeping <laughs> and the baby is sleeping actually that's why why i get to record an episode uh moving from uh, let the wookie win we'll go to flavor of the geek where i talk other geeky flavors uh bad robot you know since we're talking jj apparently through a new deal at warner media is uh exclusively developing both film and tv ideas based on dc's justice league dark universe at warner brothers man that is super exciting news it is uh, very early stages for this but <laughs> yeah, I think this is really good news. I would love to see. Ever since I heard the rumors of uh, of Del Toro wanting to do Justice League Dark, I was like, yes. I mean, uh, any t- just it doesn't even matter which which team they put together. But John Constantine, Madame Xanadu, Dead Man, Shade, uh, the Changing Man, Zatanna, Swamp Thing, Black Orchid, Andrew Bennett, the Vampire, Doctor Mist. Frankenstein, Pandora, recently Man Bat, and uh, Detective Chimp. Oh, it it could be really, really freaking cool, and uh, and I'm here for it. And and yes, uh, I think it is very, very interesting that you know JJ uh, doing the stuff for Lucasfilm, and now he's gonna go 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 play with the distinguished competition. Uh, and and people have even made rumors that JJ wants to do a Superman movie. And uh, I think I think it could be really cool. I think it'd be rad if they found a way to tie in Wonder Woman and with all the Justice League dark stuff, just like she is currently in the comic. Exciting news! I dig it. I'm here for it. Uh, what other news? We got the Witcher showrunner uh, did comment about Mark Hamill possibly playing Vesemir, who is a character that is the the mentor to the main character played by Henry Cavill in the Netflix show, and also I think this is all based on video games or books. But the long and short is uh, is that you know all the people involved are blown away that Mr. Skywalker wants to be a part of the show, but they did say they have no plans for the character of Vesemir as of yet. Uh, but it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Uh, but you know, if you're a fan of The Witcher, if you're a fan of Mark Hamill, you you do need to hold your horses for a moment. Uh, the the showrunner's name is Lauren Hisrick, and uh, she did say she's a big Star Wars fan, and and she marvels at the idea of combining fan bases by merging you know the Witcher fans and the Star Wars fans. And I'm sure if they can find a way to do it, they're going to. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, other news as of now. Uh, if you were holding out for a Watchmen season two, don't because it's not a thing. Since uh, HBO has said clearly that uh, they want Damon Lindelof involved, which he needs to be, and he doesn't have an idea for more story. He told his encapsulated story that added to the Watchmen universe magnificently, and he doesn't have a story for now. He said uh, other people could go off and do it, but he didn't have a story. And HBO is like, no, we want to stick with you. And that's where they're that's where they are for now until they they need something to drive up ratings so for now watchman season two not happening i think i think it doesn't need to that that show is just so good i i almost think you might run it by doing a second season or you need to tell a different story that's not set in oklahoma and i don't know how you do it so yeah i don't have an idea either i, I don't know if there's somebody out there that just has the grand grand budapest hotel of ideas but uh, I've never even seen that movie, so I don't know why I made that reference. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, but I guess while we're doing Flavor of the Geek, I have seen some movies. So uh, I watched Men in Black International, one of my movies from 2019 that I wanted to watch that I didn't. You know what? Danny hated it. I think he went to go see it with Joseph, and they're highly disappointed. I, I enjoyed myself. I thought it was super cute. I, I liked the chemistry between Chris Hemsworth and... Uh, and uh, why do I, I just want to say Valkyrie? I should actually know the actress's name because she's in Westworld, and uh, and I really liked her. Uh, but while I while I'm thinking of the name, while I'm actually typing in the background, I, I thought it was all really really cool. I liked stuff going on in uh, in England and France and and what I think might be Morocco. Um, I I just overall I just thought it was a really really in Tessa Thompson and I actually got that name before I I found a list of actors so I'm proud of myself but also Emma Thompson and Kamal Nanjani and Liam Neeson and it it was just a really fun silly men in black movie 
it, it fit right into the universe and uh, I thought it was lovely. You got the neuralizers, you got the, the weird gadgets, you got fighting aliens, and, uh, and, and then there was an interesting twist at the end. And uh, I think if you haven't, set, haven't watched it because you thought it was bad, uh, it's on HBO right now, I think. It's on one of those movie shows. I think it's probably HBO because that's the one that I get. And uh, I thought it was really, really fun. I, I enjoyed it, and I don't, I don't know why, uh, why people didn't. But that's okay. I think you can actually watch it on Hulu, is uh, what the interwebs is telling me right now. So, uh, oh, it's on Stars. It's on Stars. So that's how you can watch it on the movie channels on the cable. If you haven't cut the cord and you still do the cable, um, what else? I've seen half of uh, Godzilla: King of Monsters. Uh, not because it's a bad movie, but just because I've been watching it at night and uh, I'm tired and I'm watching the baby and uh, I've fallen asleep. So I've gotten all the way to Mothra hatching from a cocoon. Uh, so far, yeah, there's, there's a lot of people in it and uh, there's, there's been some monster fights and uh, I don't know that this movie's going to change the universe or change anybody's way of thinking. But if you want to see monster fights, uh, then it's there. And uh, right now, uh, things look grim for humanity. And I will, I will finish the movie and, and talk more about it later. Uh, of course, Men in Black was... Uh, Danny said it was no bueno. I think it was uh, bueno. It was good. And then uh, Godzilla King Monsters on Blue's best of 2019 i think it was his number three uh so i need to finish that film i just i will get to it and then i well not geeky unless you think of a history geek me and danny this week went to go see jojo rabbit and holy fuck balls is is it is jojo rabbit taika watiti's jojo rabbit is just incredible if you've not seen this movie and you were waiting on it because of its oscar considerations uh it's going to be in theater still Go see Jojo Rabbit. It is it is a, an incredible movie. It is a satire. It is hilarious, but it is also uh, dark and and poignant in its own ways. It it definitely shows some of the realities of Nazi Germany, but it is all seen through the eyes of a ten year old boy whose imaginary best friend is Adolf Hitler, played by Taika Waititi. Uh, it's just a really good movie. I told somebody last night, I'm like, you know, that they, they Rebel Wilson plays a character that I don't hate in the in the movie, and I most of the time Rebel Wilson just grates against me, but she was perfect in the casting. And uh, Sam Rockwell, who's just such an amazing actor, plays a character. Uh, ScarJo, Scarlett Johansson as uh, JoJo's mom. Man, I, I've really I haven't seen all the other movies that are up for contention for Oscars, but I, I think ScarJo deserves some sort of award for for what she does as JoJo's mom. And I just I, it's just told so well, so masterfully. Uh, deals deals with uh, you know Nazi views of of jewish people and deals with with nazi views of the world and it's set at the end of uh, the european theater of world war ii so uh, what that does to the psyche of of german people and there there are straight up war scenes in it and there's uh you know because jojo's 10 of course he's involved with the nazi youth because every child in germany was and they 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 show some of that but uh so many things played for laughs but it, it is still a serious movie because all of the characters in the movie are actually living their lives they're they're telling dialogue serious it is the preposterousness of like nazi ideas and and just the ideology of hate that is the the source of comedy for the movie but it's it's just incredible it's so good i i laughed my face off but also there were moments where where, where it got dusty and there were tears in the eyes and uh it's just a really powerful good movie and uh i really i mean i don't because we did geeky movies just like uh, once upon a time in hollywood or other movies like that i wouldn't i wouldn't put it on my list of geek movies but if i was just doing my list of movies from 2019 it's at the top it's it's so wow i it was just incredible and i i really recommend it uh we could do a real quick segment of wookie's reading polychromatic spectrum take a look it's in a book it's wookie's reading polychromatic spectrum <laughs> i read star wars resistance reborn 
by Rebecca Roanhorse. I actually successfully read a book during my school break. I, I wanted to read so many books. I read half of a monograph about Wonder Woman, but I want to finish that book before I talk about it here. Uh, but in the in the in the eleventh hour, I in two to three days I read a Star Wars book. I read a Star Wars mom. I read Star Wars Resistance Reborn by Rebecca Roanhorse, and uh, this book was good. Uh, it is set immediately following the events of the Last Jedi, with uh, with the Resistance just decimated. But then it it lovingly ties in characters from Chuck Wendig's aftermath. Uh, namely Wedge Antilles and Snap Wexley's mom Nora uh, ties in Inferno Squad so if you're a fan of, of characters from the Ida Inversio universe ties in that and then also tied in something else it was just it was a neat weaving together of other of their canon books and and propelling the story forward it doesn't doesn't tell a big swath of time you're literally getting probably like a month after last jedi but uh the beginning of of how you get a resistance in jj abrams episode nine and uh, i thought i thought it was done pretty cool you know i like that uh ryloth is used for some of the stuff there's a junker planet uh they use coruscant or not coruscant um uh what do you call it uh corellia sorry they use corellia and uh other aliens show up and uh if you like shriv from the idiversio universe there's stuff there it's just it's just cool and it's a uh, you know different missions you know poe has has a mission and then uh uh finn accompanies him and then wedge antilles has a role to play and snap wexley and then uh, uh a dross squadron led by shriv uh it's 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 good it's enjoyable it's a quick read uh and i i think rebecca roanhorse did a really good job and it's it's a enjoyable book that is if you like the star wars fiction uh that 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 pluses the canon of the star wars universe it's really incredible it's it doesn't change anything uh i wouldn't say that there's anything that leads into into what goes on in episode nine but uh, i thought it was really enjoyable i think it is a a book worth checking out and i'm happy that i at least got to read one book for fun before i started reading uh historical monographs for for the next semester of school uh, we'll go over into the small screen Star Wars sci-fi superhero synopsis. So, Star Wars Resistance season two. I've watched a bunch of episodes. Uh, episode thirteen was called The Breakout. Uh, this was basically it was sort of like a two-parter with episode twelve, but I talked about that. I really liked uh, they had an Iktachi bounty hunter and uh, a North Kev. Uh, who is a Duros agent of uh, the Resistance, which is interesting because Shriv is also a Duros. Um, but uh, basically, Jaeger, Sonara, and CB-23 end up going up against Commander Pyre and Agent Tierney, First Order, like torture. There's actual torture in an episode of Resistance, and Kaz has to figure out a way to infiltrate and uh, and uh, save, and that, that does include dressing up as Stormtroopers and uh and cb23 has a really cool hero moment i like how those ball droids always end up so handy and and resourceful uh but uh but uh it's a it's a cool rescue mission and then you go to the colossus for episode 14 the mutiny you know with the with the pirates you know led by Kragen core or Kragen gore at some point there was going to be problems and this is where it happens but it also includes bt super battle droids uh, and then uh, the character, the Crimson Corsair from Episode Seven, who's just the the really cool guy in the red armor. <laughs> he is a small part too. That was a nice little tie in Episode Seven. Uh, Super Battle Droids from the prequels is also really cool. And uh, and and you know, there's a mutiny, and it has to be dealt with uh, on the Colossus. And then you get uh, basically a two parter: Episode Fifteen, The New World, and Episode Sixteen, No Place Safe. Uh, the Colossus is trying to find a safe place, so they end up on this uh, uncharted ocean planet called Aos Prime, and uh, they think it's going to be a safe haven, and it's not. And and they give some some cool stuff for the the Imperial pilot Griff Halloran. Uh, you find out a little bit more for his relationship with Cass uh, or uh, Captain Doza, uh, and uh, I think it's cool. And I like the the Aotians, the new uh, humanoid aliens that are there. Uh, I. 
I thought I thought it was interesting, and it gives gives cast some nice moments. And uh, you have to what what do people see? Like you know the the people who are from a planet, like you know when they when they've had negative consequences from other other interlopers or invaders. You know when you show up, is, is it fair for them to to treat you the same way? And, and uh, it's it's interesting. It sort of made me think of my friend Angela talking about like indigenous rights and them like uh, uh, really clinging on to Star Wars and seeing seeing a lot of uh, you know analogies and messages that that deal with their own personal struggle. And I I saw a bit of that in episode fifteen and sixteen of season two. I thought that it was good, but I, I like how it all turns. I thought it I thought it felt real, and I really think in all these uh, later episodes of season two that resistance is really finding its footing, which is sort of sad because season two is where it's all going to end. But uh, and then you get you get fighty fighty. You know, earlier you get some fighty with the first order, but uh, in no place safe you get fighty fighty with the first order, and uh, it's really good. And at the same time, they're still still dealing with Tam becoming a part of first order and and being being a Tie Fighter pilot and. Uh, I think I think they just sort of sort of do a wonderful job, and then episode seventeen was called "Rebuilding the Resistance," and uh, I I thought it was nice because you get more for uh, Doza's wife Vanessa, um, and and uh, Dantooine, which is really cool. I like I like that planet showing up, and I think uh, you get more for Commander Pyre and Agent Tierney. And uh, more space battles between the aces and tie fighters, which of course means you're gonna have Tam, and then uh, Rucklin. Oh, it's uh, what's his noodle, the Hobbit. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, it's really bad. I do this all the time. Like, what's his noodle? I know his character name. Uh, Rick Moranis? Nope, not Rick Moranis. But at least, I, at least I remembered his name. Uh, man, he was in uh, movies with Macaulay Culkin when he was young, and uh, why? Why can't I not think of his name? So I have to go to the internet. Oh, but oh, but when you look up The Hobbit, it pulls up those bad movies, which aren't aren't Lord of the Rings. Ugh, son of a biscuit! I'm gonna remember his name before I even find it here on the on the interwebs. Uh he was in the in the farting corpse. No, he wasn't in the farting corpse movie. That was Daniel Radcliffe. And now I'm just having a personal monologue, and you're like, "Wookie, I I think you're a little crazy." Elijah Wood. That he's ruckling his voice by Elijah Wood. Damn it, that was an incredible tangent that I'm gonna have to go back and listen to. In Enter the Mind of Madness, uh, Wookie, <laughs> with the Wookie. But uh, it it was neat. I. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was really good. I, I enjoyed it, and uh, yeah. And now it's going to finish off with two episodes. Episodes eighteen and nineteen, which finished season two, are called "The Escape." They come out this Sunday, and uh, then then Resistance is over, and then we get Clone Wars, and then whatever whatever they do beyond that. But I, I think Resistance has been pretty decent in season two. They've had some silly episodes, but they've they've really gone into a cohesive story that uh, that is worth watching if you like some Star Wars, something you can watch with your kids. Uh, I also have, have finished Crisis, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Ah oh, man, it it was it's good. So on January fourteenth, Arrow season eight, episode eight was part four, and then Legends of Tomorrow season five, episode one was part five of Crisis. And uh, wow, they they just do a really good job. I think I would like to sit down with Danny. Sort of hoping when we went to go see Jojo Rabbit that maybe there'd be some extra time where we could talk about Crisis and the Mandalorian, but. Uh, they did. They did a, a really good job of tying in all of these DC properties, like a lot of DC shows of the past, uh, including uh, the Justice League movie, uh, and all of the the DC Unlimited shows, and then of course the upcoming Star Girl show that's going to be coming out spring twenty twenty, uh, and then they they find, they just they tell Marv Wolfman's story in their own way, and Marv Wolfman even gets to show up for a cameo, and uh, there's really great comic book moments and and it was it was a lot of fun i've actually watched uh, episode four and episode five twice now and uh i i I really enjoyed it there uh there is of course uh the sacrifice of a character there are deaths of characters there there's some consequences i think it's really interesting all these dc shows are going to be having their ripple effects of, of what the outcome of crisis was 
and uh, I think I think that's interesting. I think that actually like puts a little spark into into the show writing, so that they can uh, figure out like you know what the what what direction everything is going to go in. But I thought I thought Crisis was was really dang good. I I really I really enjoyed what they did with it. The legends are just so silly. I wish I wish there had been more of the legends in the show. Uh, but that's that's neither here nor there. It it was it was fun. I uh, I overall I thought it was so good. I do think that the first three episodes were a little bit stronger than the than the last two episodes. I sort of think they shouldn't have done like the big break between because honestly, like I'd forgotten some stuff and had to go back and watch. Danny was luckier than me. I actually, just got to watch all five in a row, uh, which I think is the way to go. And that's a rhyme. And uh, if you got the time, I'll, I'll rhyme as much as you want. Rhyme sublime. <laughs> we took this trip to laugh at a fuzzballs. Smelled like Lou Dog inside the van. No. <laughs> but Crisis was good. Uh, but those first three episodes were so so dang cool. But they they did find a way to wrap it all up. I don't. Some at some points I felt a little anticlimactic about it all. But it's television. I think uh, Danny had said if they had made this into a movie, what a, a damn good movie it would have been. Uh, it's five hours of content, or really, if you get like what forty-two minutes times five, whatever. Uh, <laughs> not not five hours, probably more like four hours, but still really, really incredible. And uh, I like the stuff with the anti-monitor. I like the stuff with the monitor. Uh, I enjoyed Pariah. Uh, I I I thought I thought they really did a, a bang-up job, and then in the in the consequences of it. The universe is a bit different, and there's some questions, and uh, I'm curious to see how it all plays out. And I did see the Supergirl episode, which follows this, and uh, there there's some big changes to the universe of Supergirl, and uh, watching how that all shakes out, uh, immediately there is, is stuff going on from, from characters from other multiverses, especially Brainiac 5, and uh, they did some really cool stuff with Brainiac 5, uh, gave, gave that actor... A, a lot a lot of room to to act act his face off and uh, I, I thought I thought the way the way that they they did everything and mentioned Nikolu and bottling city, cities and and Jesse Rath who plays Brainiac 5 it just it was really good it was a, a showcase for him and Quirrell Docks is a very interesting character and uh, they finally contended with uh with that that blue look with the the mind dampeners uh which is from the comics but uh they there's going to be some interesting stuff that goes on with brainy and uh of course lex luthor is in the episode which is also really cool uh i i I do like that and and there's there's some questions about lex luthor and brainy which which will be interesting to see play out of course there is the dynamic of supergirl and lena luthor and then what goes on with Dreamer and uh, and that that universe and uh, I thought it, I thought it was cool. I uh, I really think it's cool. And uh, there there are some questions about whether we are done with Leviathan as a threat, and we shall find out. Uh, the other episode that I did catch up on was uh, episode nine of Arrow, which is the the backdoor pilot for Green Arrow and the Canaries. Uh, set in Star City 2040 and it was it was good actually the the actress that plays uh, Oliver's daughter I was like wow she she actually looks different to me uh, in this in this episode and I I don't know why but it, I thought I thought it was uh, I thought it was interesting because you know crisis has changed a lot of things so the circumstances for the characters but they they introduced this conceited crisis where basically Martian Manhunter can give people back their memories of what their life was like before crisis uh which is if you lived an entire life and then you get memories of a different life and then those two memories go together like what does that do how does that change character dynamics and i i thought that was interesting the entire time we've been dealing with uh, the pre-crisis timeline star city has been like destroyed and in chaos and uh, now star city is better maybe ollie's sacrifice uh has has made good things and but maybe not 
and uh, I do I do like seeing Mia. I like that you know you're not really gender bending Green Arrow because it is the daughter of Green Arrow. So I think that is uh, pretty cool. I I like the the action. I like that they give more for Dinah and for um, and for Laurel and. Uh, it, it was really interesting and then of course as green arrow does there's tattoos and symbols and questions and mysteries and uh yeah i i think uh i think i would be very interested in seeing more for green arrow and the canaries i think that that could be a fun show and i like that being said in the future so we don't have to worry about any of the current timeline stuff i think uh i think that could be really neat and of course arrow's just gonna have one more episode which uh, is going to be the tribute episode, but that that comes out next week. But I, I didn't catch up on um, Batwoman, which I think uh, was this week. I haven't watched it with Heather yet. Me and Heather watched Supergirl, and we watched Batwoman, so we haven't caught up on that. I also haven't seen the newest episode of Black Lightning. Uh, I want to watch that. The Flash doesn't come back until February 4th. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I have enjoyed what i've seen so far and of course there's way way more television uh coming out so yeah we'll 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 see how it shakes out i still haven't got a chance to watch uh season three of the runaways or season two of castle rock and then you've got altered carbon coming out and i want to watch the witcher on netflix but i haven't i think i've seen like the first 15 minutes of the first episode uh lots of television and grad school starting so we shall see uh, this is a fair warning. There probably will be a couple way back episodes here in the future as grad school is crazy, but uh, not the first week because the first week is just syllabus day and uh, I can catch up on the news, which I did. Uh, but there may be some way back episodes, uh, maybe next week or maybe the week after that. I'll do the first one uh, just because I think it's really interesting. Me, Danny talking about Star Wars. I think that's a good fun episode. I enjoyed listening to it. But that's all the the news and talk for another geeky week in the life of the fuzzball. Hopefully you have laughed it up while you have listened. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at WikiRiot. Go to Instagram if you want to see that, that Baby Yoda drink picture, courtesy of my friend Lauren. Uh, what else? Uh, Laugh It Up Fuzzball Podcast at gmail.com is a way you can email. You can just go to the Laugh It Up Fuzzball's Facebook group, ask to join. We say yes, and, and literally you can see not my name, Joe the Wookiee Riot. You can see what my real, my legal name is because that's how I post on there. Also, uh, Danny and uh, Danny the Deuce and uh, Benjamin Blueford Blue's real name because they're our Facebooks and we're not, we're not famous, so we can use our real names in safety. Uh, what else? Uh, Drop a rating, really on Apple Podcasts, if you want to drop a five-star rating and review, that'd be really rad. It would help the podcast get out to more people. But uh, you do your thing so I can do mine, but tell your friends. Share it on share it on your social medias or whatnot. Uh, go on the Laugh at a Fuzzballs group and add more people. Let's get I, – I, the next goal, I guess, would be to be – over 600 people in the thing like consistent 600 people but i'm so happy about all the people posting news in there it just brings me joy whenever i see a notification that something news in there i'm like heck yeah and i like to see people commenting on the different posts and and it's 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 a neat way to just uh post funny stuff or or discourse about different geeky things of course there is a lot of important things that go on in the world but this this geeky pop culture does provide a distraction in a world that sometimes can be tough uh and i appreciate each and every one of you i appreciate you for stopping by for being classy for being one with the force and and being the force with me i appreciate everybody knowing that that geekiness is the way this is the way i have spoken but uh, I appreciate each and every one of you. I'll be back with another episode in about a week. But for now, TTFN Wookie out.